Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, listeners. This is Shamita, your co-host for Pickle. This next episode deals with issues of life and death. So keep that in mind before you listen. This is Pickle! Pickle! Pickle, pickle, pickle. An ethics podcast for kids. Philosophy! <laughs> Small people, big questions. That's, like, really weird. Hello and welcome to Pickle. I'm Carl. And I'm Shamita. You know, Shamita, I'm having so much fun exploring New York City. I'm not even afraid of getting lost on the subway anymore. You're afraid of getting lost? No. Well, sort of. But then I met this guy who knows everything about the subway in New York. All right, so this is our train now. So when the doors open up, we're going to get on and ride one stop down. His name is Drew Goucher. And he used to work as a subway driver. <gasps> no way! Way, way. Uh, the New York City subway system in general is very large in size. We have over 6,000 subway cars. So basically the average train in the New York City subway system is longer than a football field. I've always wanted to drive a subway. And I really like this idea of having a job where I can tell people... <clears throat> Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Well, step away from the platform edge. Our train is pulling into the station. So we'd like you all to hop aboard our simulated subway, the S-Train. From one through the next Oh, this is going to be so awesome. I'm going to get to finally drive a train. It's Shotgun my... driving. What, Carl? That's so unfair. You can't just steal my dream job. I just told you this is what I've always wanted to do. <laughs> you snooze, you lose. <clears throat> next stop... Houston Street. Oh, this is a disaster. It's Houston Street? Hang on, that's the subway dispatcher's direct line. Why are they calling us? Oh, there's always something wrong with the subway here in New York. It's probably no big deal. Just answer it. S-Train here. How can we help dispatcher? Call. Stop the subway right now. There's a big problem up ahead on the track. Come out. Five people got themselves stuck on your track. Oh, my God. you got to pull those brakes right uh, okay. away. Uh, Dispatcher, the brakes are jammed. Carl, what's going on? There's some big problems here. Carl, Carl, get over here. The engine's locked. Oh, God, it won't shut down. This is terrible. Talk to me, Carl. What's happening over there? Nothing's working, Dispatcher. Look, there's no time to fix the brakes. The train is heading straight towards those five people on the track. Carl, what are we going to do? Wait a minute. Uh, There's one thing you could do to save them. Okay. You could switch the train to a different track. There's actually one person stuck on that track as well. I mean, it's just one person compared to five, but you got to choose between five people dying on the tracks that you're on now or switching to the track where one person's going to be killed. Dispatcher, what do we do? Carl, you, you got to make No, 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 Dispatcher. Dude, dispatcher, on. can you hear us? Carl, come on, think. What are we going to do? Okay. Great. So do we stay on the current track and, and do nothing? Knowing that five people will be killed. Or, or do we flick the switch and, and push over to the other track? Knowing that we'll be killing one person if we do. Oh, Carl, I don't know. You're in charge of the decision. You're the driver. Come on. Uh, I wish I'd never become such a fantastic subway driver. What are we going to do? I thought you were going to decide. It's
come you stole my job as subway driver? Uh, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, you just made it sound so fun. But it wasn't. What a terrible situation. Well, that's what you get for rushing ahead. I was about to say the S train, you know, our simulated subway, is perfect for looking at one of the most famous ethical problems, the trolley dilemma. This problem presents you with two really bad outcomes and asks you to imagine what you would do. Are you sure there isn't some other way to stop the train? Well, on Pickle, we always talk to a special brains trust of school kids, and that's exactly what they said. Are the people in earshot? Would they be able to hear you yelling for them to get out of the way? Couldn't you just like, click the switch until like, the train could topple over? And that would save all the people from dying. I know it's tempting, but for this particular ethics question, you can't just stop the train. You have to choose to keep going and kill five people or switch tracks and kill one. So when we told the kids from our Brains Trust there was no other option, here's what they said. Brains Trust. Brains Trust. Brains Trust. Five lives are just are greater than one. Why would I sacrifice five lives just to save one, you know? Because even if that person was my best friend, there's five lives, and you're just one life, so. Not knowing them, you would most likely flip the switch because, yeah, five lives is better than one. I would want to learn who that person, the one person was, and I would write a letter to their family and explain what I did and why I had to do it. See, this is why the trolley dilemma is so tricky. Well, remember, we've got our very own philosopher here on Pickle, Jennifer Morton from the City College of New York. Dr. J. Here comes Dr. Jem. <laughs> is somebody in a pickle? Hi, Jen. Hi. Can you help us with this one? How should we wrap our minds around this? The trolley problem is one of the most famous ethical dilemmas. Every philosopher has had to think about it, teach it, or form an opinion about it. So the first approach you might take is just to think about what's going to happen in each scenario. So you have two scenarios, and one, five people die, and the other, one person dies, and it seems clearly better that only one person dies and five people die. And when you approach an ethical dilemma in this way, what you're doing is what a consequentialist would do. Wait, wait, what's a consequentialist? A consequentialist is someone that thinks that whether an action is right or wrong depends on what will happen, on the outcomes of the action. Oh, right. Consequences, consequentialist. Got it. But how are you meant to add up people's lives when you know that each of them are individuals? So if you wanted to be a sophisticated consequentialist, you could... Factor in how old someone is. So if somebody's young, they might have a long life ahead of them, and that should count for more. But in this case, you don't really have a lot of time to think through all of those aspects of the consequences. So thinking about just how many people are at stake, it's the easiest way to try to make a decision when you don't really have time. But Jen, even if fewer people are killed at the end of the day, by flicking the switch and going on a different track... You're still choosing to kill one person, aren't you? That's a really good point. And it might feel like in flicking the switch, you really are committing murder. So one way of thinking about the decision that you make in pulling the lever is that you really are saving five lives and killing one person is an unfortunate side effect. In philosophy, this is known as the doctrine of double effect. 
So, for example, while we've been talking here, I've been sending little droplets of saliva flying all through the air. Ew, Jen, say it. Don't spray it. (laughs) (laughs) But that is a side effect of me talking. It's not actually what I intend to do. So you shouldn't think about it in the same way. Did you have garlic for lunch? Oh, there's that sound again. Looks like our studio engineer needs a quick coffee break. Enjoy that coffee, Isaac. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pickle from WNYC Studios. Our website is picklepodcast.org. You'll find a video there of Carl and Shumita and a link to a survey we'd love you to check out. This is one of our first kids' podcasts, and your feedback will help us figure out what to do next. We're back! This is Pickle. I'm Carl. And I'm Shemitha. Let's pick up where we left off. We've been talking about the trolley problem, a philosophical dilemma where you are forced to choose between doing nothing and letting five people die, or taking action and killing one person. And if you're maybe thinking, this is all silly, because you'd never end up in this exact scenario, well, there might be situations like it that you could find yourself in. Even subway drivers find themselves in some tricky situations. Maybe not exactly the five verse one dilemma we just heard, but Drew. Remember Drew? Oh yeah, the guy you rode the subway with. He thought that train dilemma was super, super unlikely. Um, well, just in terms of, you know, my own knowledge of the system, is a, a, a scenario like that would actually be physically impossible in the subway, even if you were the person that, that actually throws the switches in our subway system, because our, our signal system is designed to enforce safety. And part of, that, part of that is to actually ensure that when a train is approaching a switch like that, that we can't just throw the switch in front of it without any warning. Oh, phew. In terms of something like that, it's, it's not even possible. Every time you take passengers on your train, you're responsible for them. One of the, one of the hardest parts sometimes is the, the level of knowledge it requires to do the job properly. So when you go to training, what we actually do is we take empty trains, no passengers on them, and usually late at night, they'll practice station stops with nobody on their train. So that way, if they miss the mark or something like that, right, it's not a big deal, nobody's inconvenienced. And so if I was learning to drive a train, I'd drive on the tracks at night. And they have to know their signals in and out before they can ever take passengers on their own or, or anything like that. So it's very thorough. He also told me train drivers are making difficult decisions every day. You know, what we say as far as decisions go, what we teach in operations training is that whenever there's two rules that are conflicting with each other, you always take the safer action. So that means if I have a signal that's telling me you know, go go faster, right? And I have another one that's telling me go slower. I'm always going to go slower. Man, Carl, the driver's job is serious. So, Shamita, is that all there is to this famous five-verse-one trolley dilemma? Well, not exactly. There are a lot of other variations of it out there, and some of them get a lot trickier. Uh, can, can we go for an easier version? Not a chance, Carl. Okay, just imagine a really similar situation. There's a train on a track. That's exactly the same. And there are five people on the track up ahead. That's the same too, yeah. And the subway car is moving along. It's gonna hit the people. Sounding oddly like the first situation. Okay, but here's what's different. You aren't driving the train. Well, that sounds much easier. This time, you're just waiting around on a bridge above the track. That's fine, I can do this. Okay, Carl, here's the catch. 
there is no second track this time that the train can change to. Wait, what are you meant to do then? Well, in this version of the story, you notice a big guy standing on the bridge next to you, and you realize that he would be large enough to bring the subway train to a total stop if you push him off the bridge. Wait, what? I've got to kill a guy? Push him onto the tracks? Yeah, you have to decide whether to use all your strength and push this person off the bridge onto the tracks to die to save the five people up ahead. Or you can do nothing. Shamita, I can't make this decision. I thought all the stressful stuff was behind us. And the subway's going to go rushing past any second. Uh, What am I going to do? All right, let's see what the kids in our Brains Trust thought they would do. Brains Trust? Brains Trust. Brains Trust. Brains Trust, yeah. You're not really committing murder in the first one because you're just flicking a switch. You're not really, like, you know, killing a person. But in the second one, you're literally pushing him to die. If it's either that person or nothing, I would do nothing. I don't think that I could live with the fact that I'm the purpose of, like, someone dying. I would just save the five people. What if, the, what if like, the five people don't have any children, but the one person does? Because if you do push them off, you're going to be haunted by the thought that you, mur- that you kind of murdered someone because you pushed them off the bridge. Ugh, yeah, look, I- I'd be haunted too if I had to make that decision. Okay, well, I want to see what our philosopher Jen thinks about all this. Hey, Jen, why would pushing someone onto the tracks be any different from the first scenario? So what's really cool is that psychologists have actually asked a lot of people about these questions. And their answers are very similar to those of our brain trust. Most people pull the lever in the first case, but they don't want to push the big person in front of the train in the second case. But aren't they the same thing, really? You're still killing one person and saving five. Shamita, you're thinking like a good consequentialist. I remember those guys. They're the ones who only care about the end result, right? Exactly. And it seems like in these two cases, the end results are the same. So aren't we being inconsistent or irrational and saying one thing in one case and a different thing in the other? But it does feel different, though, doesn't it, Jen? You're right, Carl. And a lot of people have that reaction. And what you might be objecting to is how we're treating the person in the second case. So when you're actually pushing someone onto the tracks to stop the train, it seems almost as if you're treating them like an object, like they're a big boulder. You're not giving the person a chance to decide for themselves whether they want to throw themselves in front of the train. Uh Uh-huh. So that means we should definitely not push the man off the bridge. Not so fast. Sometimes we have to do things that feel wrong or are difficult for us to do because if we don't, the outcome is so bad. That was the sound of my brain exploding again. Thanks, Jen. Talk to you soon. There goes Dr. Jen. Shmita, I am exhausted and, to be honest, like a little bit grossed out. Yeah, but people like me who've wanted to be train drivers all their life were prepared for days like this that are full of these tough decisions. Now, we would love to hear what you think about these questions or any other questions on Pickle. That's right, so feel free to write to us. Just go to picklepodcast.org. Now, a big thanks to our Brains Trust today, the students from IS318 in Brooklyn, New York. 
and also to the Environmental Charter Middle School in Inglewood, Los Angeles. All right, social media, if you want to become a train operator, I think one of the best things you could do is get some experience with the car. Right, learn to learn how fast you're going without looking down at that speedometer. I don't think Schmidt even has a driving license. Is that a bad sign? Uh-oh. Well, it's not a requirement, but maybe she could ride a bicycle or something. <laughs> Are you catching the subway home? Ugh, no, not unless you're driving. Ha, listen, let's walk. Actually, you know, that reminds me. If we were walking home one day and suddenly... Enough, not again, bye. <laughs> That's my new favorite way to get rid of him. Produced by Emily Botine, Amy Pearl, Kyla Slarvin, and Paula Schumann. Sound design and original music by Isaac Jones. Mixing help from Jeremy Bloom and Matt Boynton. With support from Sarah Sandback and Danielle Guimet. Tell us what you think. Write us a review on iTunes. Pickle is a co-production of WNYC Studios and the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, where the series originated as Short and Curly.